We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is Monday, uh, the 11th of September, 2023, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these morning shows covering the Denver Broncos, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? Uh, It's kind of a bummer to flip over from a victory Monday to a loser Monday uh, out here in Broncos country. Uh, How was your weekend other than that, though? Oh, weekend was good. Gorgeous weather. Nice rain on Saturday. It helped water the grass. It was getting a little dry and lots of uh, softball, lots of football. So it was a good weekend. Nice. I just got back from uh, backpacking in a uh, pretty sought after spot in the Olympics called the uh, High Divide Seven Lakes Basin and had a lot of fun uh, getting off trail route finding to the lakes and had some amazing fishing. Caught probably close to 50 fish uh, out there. Wow. Some of those harder to get to lakes. So, yeah, it That's was like it fishing was with a net. Yeah, it was a it was a good time, um, especially around like sunrise and sunset, almost every cast. Uh, but it was a lot of fun and uh, good time. Um, so the fun times keep rolling. Heading off to Yosemite uh, this week and uh, going to climb uh, Half Dome. So uh, that'll be a uh, fun one. That's a lottery one. So getting out there before the baby comes. And speaking of baby, today's episode uh, show is going to be cut off probably at about what is it be eight twenty five Mountain Time because I got to get to a baby appointment. So. Uh, Get the ball rolling here and say hello to everybody coming in. Mark Lindemote says, good morning, everyone. Good to see you, Mark. Kevin Gray, good morning to you. Alberto, morning. Horrible way to start the new era. It is a bummer, but we're here. Uh, Jeremy, Sean, morning, boys. We look different, played different, but it still felt the same. Yeah, we'll get into it. EJ, good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you. He also says, I'm sick of losing to the Raiders. God damn me, too. I hate them. Uh, Gordon said, Broncos will be 2-0 after watching yesterday's game. Then what? Then we're talking top 10 draft pick, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but 0-2 would be a uh, rough start for how things are going to play out the rest of the season, without a doubt. And uh, more people to say hello to in here, but Scott, coming off of that, uh, 0-1, should Broncos country be hitting the panic button yet for their playoff hopes this season? Uh, I want to say good morning to Denver Luke, coming in with a super chat. Thank you, sir, breaking the ice for us today. Uh, panic button, no. Um, again, though, you know, we we talked about you really can't come out of these first few games one and two, one and three. But no, not the panic button. There's a lot to like on here, but there's there are some concerns. If you start going through, I mean, obviously there's some concerns you lost, but the the ones that I'm going to highlight some of the things that really got me on this. If you start highlighting the keys to victory, Nick, you hit most of them and you didn't win. Mm-hmm. Turnover battle. Yeah. Josh Jacobs, yeah. Max Crosby, he ruined one series, but other than that was okay. Russell Wilson played better, yeah. Offensive line, yeah, it was okay. It wasn't great, but it was better than it was you know, for most of last year. Uh, strength in the middle of the defense, it was a big concern for us, yeah. And you still lost. Yeah. That that is the overall thing that makes me a little bit nervous, Nick. It's like, uh, the one the one big factor though is the injuries. You know, that's the one that hasn't been fixed. So you come into this, Nick, and you start talking about the lack of a passing game. Where would you rank coming into this season if we're back in June and you say, okay, who are your top four downfield weapons gonna be, Nick? Name them for me. 
Sutton, Judy, Patrick. Downfield, I'd probably say Mims, but uh, you could say Dulcich as well. I'd say Dulcich. I would have put Dulcich ahead of Mims at the time. Second half, three of those guys are out. You yeah. know, and you're counting on a rookie and a, you know, a Brandon Johnson, two guys you've elevated from the practice squad. So that's one of the main things. And no, I'm not using that as an excuse. She'll sort of won this game. But you hit on most of your keys to victory and still lost. That is concerning. Yeah, it was Broncos overall won in a lot of key areas. And this, you know, the sky's not falling. Maybe, you know, playoffs this season won't happen. This is probably a game that I think probably pretty likely we'll look back, you know, week, what is it, 18 now and be like, man, if we beat, if we beat that Raiders team week one like we should have, we'd actually have a puncher's chance to make the playoffs now. I think this is a game that's one of those ones that, you know, does decide your fate in a season, even though it's a long season, this is a, this is a must win game. If you're going to be a playoff caliber team. So uh, we'll see if it turns around, maybe they can sneak a few wins in unexpected places as well. Losing this one, those I think going to hurt uh, areas though, that keys to the game, Scott, that I think they did not get. And things that my two biggest uh, unfortunate takeaways on why they lost this game. Uh, number one, special teams uh, outside of punt coverage in Dixon, it was pretty damn atrocious, and it started with the very first play of the game. I mean, Tremont Smith, who you paid solid money to bring in, uh, comes in and touches the, the – and I guess hats off to Sean Payton and the Broncos – or, be, yeah, being aggressive there at the onside kick to start, but you have a procedural error. Uh, the guy touches the ball before it's uh, gone the full 10 yards. Was that Tremont Smith field. that did that? And it was Tremont Smith, yes. Side so, jar. I didn't realize jar. that was him. Man, yep. I cut him week one of the preseason. They paid him too much money and too much guaranteed is what I keep being told, but uh, very rough on that one. Um, the kicking game, Will Lutz, the 55-yarder, you know, that's you hope he'd make that in altitude, but he misses it. And then missing the extra point. I mean, Broncos lose by one point. Here's your sign. Uh, now, grant, granted, how the game would have probably played out differently if, if uh, that happened, but still, uh, special teams, not great overall in this one, specifically the specialists, and uh, they deserve to be called out on that one. Other than that, though, I mean, looking at the stats, it's pretty much like it's incredible. Exactly to me. Even. That's why I want to highlight your special teams. It, I thought it was a glitch at first, Nick, yeah. when I first looked at this. And if you can see it on the screen, I'll, I mean, if you're listening, you can't see it on the screen. First downs, 22 to 22. These are the top line stats on here. They're identical. Yep. Passing Maybe. first downs, 11, 11. Rushing first downs, 5, 5. First downs for penalties, 6, 6. Third down efficiency, 5 and 11. Fourth down efficiency, the Raiders went one for one. Total plays, 55 versus 58. Total yards, 261 to 260. So how did you lose by one point? You missed an extra point. That's Special how. teams. I mean, yep. it, that wasn't it, but that's what it came down to because mm -hmm. everything else was so even. Yep. It was super unfortunate to see the Broncos lose that way, but uh, I felt like it was a much more coherent unit uh, than we've seen in the past. And uh, things I do think are heading in the right direction. We'll get into that. Uh, expert ninja saying only Broncos can show the offense looking competent and still scoring 16 points. This is something that I tweeted about and I got a lot of traction on Twitter as well. And Scott, you probably will know where I'm going to go with this though, but efficiency. It's, the, it's the efficiency metrics in this game. This was far and away the lowest possession football game of any games this entire week. And it's not even close. There were only 13 possessions to go around in this game. The next closest one was the Rams game with the Rams playing the Seahawks at 19. And everybody else was in the 22 to 26 drives game. The Broncos almost played half as many possessions as almost every other game this week. So 16 points on the surface looks poor. 16 points over six drives from a points per drive perspective is not terrible. So the offense, it feels like the offense was better from a drive perspective. They were. The defense, though, oh, they only gave up 17. You shouldn't deserve to lose. You gave up 17 points over seven drives, and two of those drives were burn drives by the Raiders. They got the ball 12 seconds left. They knee. There's a drive. They get the ball at the end of the game. They drive the ball for five minutes. No no desire to score. No points coming from that. So on five drives, really, where the Raiders were trying to score, they scored 17 points. That is terrible. Yeah. That is, you know, three points per drive. No team in the NFL last year average three points per drive. I think the Chiefs are like 2.6, far and away the best in the NFL. So the Broncos defense, 17 points, looks good. But per drive, terrible. Not good enough. It was the first half. There were five minutes left in the second quarter, and it was 10 to 6, and each team had had the ball twice. Yeah. That's it. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets – 
Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For Broncos and Colin asks, I wasn't able to watch it due to YouTube's incompetence. Like, no offense, YouTube, when you're watching, we love you. Uh, when you when you hit our AI here, um, what consumed all this time in the first half that we had only two possessions? It was ground and pound. There were a, a, pen, a, a penalty here and there, but it was a lot of short yardage gains, failure to stop on third downs, um, no explosive plays, mm-hmm. and just eking your way down. You know, it was it was kind of an old school football game, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust or yeah, it is still cloud of dust. I always joke now three yards in a cloud of rubber pellets. But again, through 15 through 25 minutes, each team had had the ball twice and it was 10 to six. So, no, the defenses weren't great in this. They were great at not giving up the big play. Meh. Um, but they weren't getting any stops either. So. The offenses looked okay. The defense needed to do better, get the other teams off the field. Yeah. Yep. And we got a big super chat coming in from Casey Nickel, uh, 1999. Thank you so much. Casey says, after digesting, we definitely need Judy to check down. Spear, I need to stop dancing and go north and south. Lack of breaking tackles killed us and clutch third downs. Also, what the Lutz? Yeah, the uh, unfortunate with the kicking game on that one, especially after I know they only gave up a seventh round pick and was kind of conditional stuff on the back end too. I believe but i mean he traded for a kicker and he's not getting it done it's just very it was just cut yeah I mean, uh, he wasn't cut but was about to be cut yeah it's <sighs> that was frustrating without a doubt um also frustrating it's something we haven't even talked about scott and it's something that we started the off season screaming about at least you know i did and you typically do as well in this area the pass <laughs> rush for the broncos the pass rush for this one I thought the offense was okay. The lack of explosives killed only scoring 16 is not great, especially, you know, even if it was just six drives, the Broncos had three QB hits and zero sacks in this game. And it felt like they were absolutely incompetent in getting pressure up front. Uh, This is not an incredible Raiders offensive line. Jimmy Garoppolo is not an incredible athlete. They got the ball out quickly. uh, So credit to them, but the Broncos were not able to generate any sort of pass rush. And when you're paying money to like Zach Allen and, DJ Jones and, you know, second round pick Nick Benito, big money for Randy Gregory. Where, where are we? Where are the guys? I don't see any pressure coming from the front at all. And when they blitz, you have Damari Mathis getting burnt toast on the back end. So it's, I'm worried about the defense personnel coming back to it. I think we were kind of lulled into a sense of security over training camp with all the reports and whatnot coming out there. But this game is 
uh-oh, we have some issues on defense. Yeah, I don't I don't think we were. You know, I think edge was still a concern. There's some yes. depth there. And and Frank Clark will get better. You know, he's an old guy who who is working his way back in. He'll work in case you appreciate you checking in. It's been a while, so it's good mm-hmm. good to see you again. Um areas of concern. Who's the guy out there that should be getting it done? No questions asked. Like, you know, Cooper. Okay, Cooper's a fourth or seventh rounder. He's overachieving. So I'm only leaving one guy. Who is it? It's probably got to be Gregory. It's Randy uh, Gregory. He's yeah. the big money guy. He is your dude. Now, this is the last year where it wasn't really a huge contract. It was a two-year deal. It's it's good money, but it's not Nick Bosa money. It's not the $80 million, $75 million that was reported. It was basically two years, $26 million, and this is the end of that. And he's cut if it doesn't start getting better. And I'll tell you what frightened me, Nick. When I focused on him, it was in the, in the, I don't know if it was end of the first or second quarter, it was the first half. When I really focused on him, he's getting stoned. I was like, all right, who's the guy that's owning him out there? And I look it up at that time, and it was number 77, Thayer Munford Jr., the Ohio backup State. right tackle. The backup right tackle. He, he, I don't know what happened to the starter at that point in time, um, Jermaine Elaminor. Illuminor. Illuminor? Oh, that's cool. It sounds like Harry Potter-ish. It sounds like a spell. <laughs> um, he ended up coming back in, but at the time I'm watching him getting just stoned, no pun intended, um, it was the backup right tackle, Nick. Yeah. That's concerning. Yeah, and you know, credit to the defensive front also uh, to some extent, they came in and played very sound in their run fits. And I thought Gregory in the run game might've been the best edge setter out there. I mean, you saw that length and physicality make an impact there. Uh, DJ Jones and Zach Allen, very good in the run defense department, but the pressure was not there. And Jimmy Garoppolo, when he few good hits, when he was pressured though, it felt like it was from exotic kind of blitz looks. That doesn't and count. I, I mean, I mean, I know what you mean, but yeah, like, yeah. I, 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 if an edge guy is making eight figures, he's got to beat his tackle one-on-one. And it just, it's again, it's the self-fulfilling prophecy of you're screwed uh, when you, so the Broncos, the linebackers, it's the do or don't. Are they going to be aggressive and get their guys, you know, uh, send Singleton and Jewel and, you know, have packages for Drew Sanders. That's fine. But then you're probably playing some sort of man coverage or, you know, lack of canopy on the back end. And you're leaving Demari Mathis on an island. And every time the Broncos, I felt like they sent pressure, it was a quick, okay, where's Demari Mathis at? That's where the ball's going. Jacoby Myers, you know, taking his lunch money all day. So that, I mean, this is Jimmy G and the Raiders with, you know, Devontae Adams and question marks for pass catchers around him. Now you're going to go up against, you know, Herbert and Mahomes. I mean, they're, they're going to be targeting Mathis left and right. And I just don't know what the solution is here. I think a lot of people are going to get very upset and angry at Vance Joseph. I don't know what more he could have done in this game, it looked like a personnel issue to me watching it the first time through. Well, you kept Tremont Smith and Fabian Moreau on the active roster. What are they there for? I, I know the answer to this is semi rhetorical, but it's supposed to be special teams, but no, uh, you know, why not? You know, Fabian Moreau has played a lot of football um, as according to starter two years ago for the Falcons. And last year he played a lot of defensive snaps mm-hmm. for the New York giants. You brought him in for something. Yeah, you know, um, same Bassey I thought looked pretty good in the slot. I thought he was active out there. Move some guys around, and and then you're also going to count on. I, I think you can count on Mathis. That's not who he is. We've seen better than that. We, we have. We've seen better than that from Damari Mathis. That we don't have to think that this is as good as it's going to get. And then Roberto, obviously, he's Riley Moss back. You know, he was a high draft pick to come in and and bring some some more folks in as well. Yeah, it's a, I was just going to say, and that's the big one here. I wonder if Mathis feels some pressure uh, going forward because, I mean, that Jacoby Myers touchdown at the end, he gets beat to the outside immediately. There's no defender out there. I mean, that's losing off the snap. Um, That's just not not good play uh, from him. So, and uh, as Mark says, Mathis' worst game was his first game last year when he played the Chargers and had like five defensive defensive pass interferences and got better. Uh, Hopefully he does get better because that was a uh, an unfortunate game for Mathis and it really opens up the, the question mark about that position going forward and he should not feel uh, comfortable out there. I mean, if he can, if he looks that bad again, maybe you see a Jaquan McMillan, maybe you see a uh, Riley Moss take place, even though he's missed some time, but Broncos could be in a 
interestingly difficult spot uh, with that cornerback two position. And it's for the, some of the older heads out here, it's a position that Broncos country has been in before when the team had a dominant cornerback in champ Bailey on one side and just rotation of guys on the other end. You need that other guy to be pretty good because I'll tell you what, they're going to get targeted because teams do not want to throw at Patrick Sertan. Yeah. Patrick Sertan was phenomenal in this game. Phenomenal. Um, I thought the other player that really stood out as far as making plays, I thought the defensive line did a good job. You know, the, the, the three, the three down linemen, you know, um, I thought they did a good job. They didn't do anything that stood out overly, you know, negatively or positively. They did their jobs. And when you're playing a three down front, that's, that's what you're really asking for is free up Mm -hmm. your linebackers, free up your edge guys to make plays. Uh, and I thought Alex Singleton, the two standouts for me as far as playmaking goes, was Alex Singleton and Pat Sertan. You heard Pat Sertan's name constantly. Uh, and now Michael Ronquillo comes in. He says, congratulations to running back Javante Williams from coming back from the knee injury. He showed grit coming back from the injury. And if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. That's about mm-hmm. the most amazing thing I can say about Javante Williams. If you didn't know what had happened, you wouldn't know by watching it because he was still out there running with power, with force, uh, just phenomenal, just phenomenal out there. Yeah. And uh positives from this game. So even though the Broncos lost and, you know, it stinks, we talked about, you know, pass rush and special teams. And there's another area I want to get to um, about, you know, what went wrong? What can we, where are some areas that we need to worry about, but Javante Williams coming back. What a great game from him. Um, He's still, I don't know if he's a hundred percent, a hundred percent back yet, you know, trusting his legs. There's a few times where you see the bowling ball, you see the balance, you see the drive to run forward. It's that next gear um, where, you know, once he gets that little bit of space, can he accelerate to create a gap between him and the defenders? We didn't see that so much. And maybe that's something that it will be a question mark uh, for him. If it was a question mark, probably one of the reasons he wasn't a first round pick. So maybe that's something he'll never have, but we'll see what the, uh, the year looks like for him. And Samaj P. Ren, I thought overall had a good game. Now there was that mind numbingly terrible play where he needed third and one, and he just had to beat a defensive back run through him. It was like, I was like having flashbacks of Royce Freeman. Like I think I'm Reggie Bush. No, you're 220 pounds. Go North and South. Don't cut wide against the oh, defensive back. It just opens up them. that inside leg that he can now cut you. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, but other than that play, I thought Samaji Piran had a heck of a game uh, overall. Uh, played great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pass game. Um, he was a little bit boomer bust in his touches, which is crazy because he's always been a very, you know, he's going to get you three to five yards no matter what. He actually had some good plays in here. So running back duo, I thought looked very good and uh, they deserve credit. And that's going to be the, with the, all the injuries happening on offense right now, as long as the defense can hold up a little bit, I think they'll, the offense is going to run through the running backs. <laughs> Grover comes in. Good to see you again, Grover. Grover was in last night too. Appreciate you joining us this morning. It says, good morning from Lancaster PA gents, getting some groundhogs day vibes. Thoughts on how the Broncos respond against Washington as to prevent Denver fans from dropping the toaster in the tub. Um, just flat out turning it off. You know, that's I mean, the thing. I, I think there's still lock. plenty to take away from this game that was encouraging that you reset your expectations. And if I see improvement, I'm happy. So where can I see improvement, Nick, that would make, make me happier? Jerry Judy being on there in the downfield passing game would be step one for me. How about your wide receiver having a high school level of field awareness and when they're wide open, not stepping out of bounds? Now uh, the, uh, the, uh, we got the Raiders trolls coming in now, guys, we're just talking football. We aren't, we aren't disparaging you. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was a, uh, that was frustrating. And that was the other element, Scott, I wanted to get to about a negative. The downfield passing game was non-existent. Now I'm sure some of that is, by design, uh, trying to minimize Max Crosby's impact, trying to protect Wilson. And some of it, I think, is just the lack of weaponry. Um, I don't know how many guys you have. How many passes do you think in this game that uh, the Broncos had over pass attempts, over 20 yards, air yards? Oh, over 20? Yeah. Two. Two's right. How many over 15? I I mean, past the line of scrimmage was probably how many passes did they throw total? I, I Half of them were under three yards. Yeah, I mean, it was just peppering vertically uh, constantly. And it's this spray chart uh, from Russell Wilson looks vintage uh, spray chart, um, unfortunately, in the middle of the field and without the deep balls, uh, they're being completed. So uh, Broncos need to figure out how to be more explosive. The quick game was there, and I thought that Russell Wilson overall had a good game in the quick game. His touch is still 
I mean, you can watch Jimmy Garoppolo in the quick game and watch Russell Wilson in the quick, quick game, and you can see Jimmy Garoppolo is a quicker, more accurate passer in that type of area. But uh, overall, I thought it was okay for Wilson, but the explosives were not there, and I just didn't feel like they were hunting for them enough in this game. Yeah, I agree. And, and again, we talked about, you know, if you start in June, where who would you consider your top four targets probably coming in? Sutton, Judy, Patrick, Dulcich, second half. The first half, the passing game looked great. The second half, not so much. Only one of those guys was on the field mm-hmm. in the second half. That matters. That matters. Because I saw what I did see that I was I really liked seeing in the first half was the quick passing game. The slants were coming back into play, mm-hmm. Nick. You know, when's the last time we saw, you know, a nice three-stunt slant to the to the X receiver? Been a while, hadn't it? Yeah, it's it has been a long time and uh, it's still, you know, the downfield pass game needs a little bit of work. And I do have the, uh, the spray chart here all I can share, but well, and I'll talk about that. If you, if you watch it now, the screen game, you know, you know, that, um, Sean Payton wants to run screens. He wants to Lloyd Cushenberry, who had an okay game, I uh, would still say it's like bottom third, but not bottom three. So there's improvements there. He just flat out cannot get out on a screen pass. Just cannot physically get there. You can't run screens that way. You cannot run an outside screen if your center can't beat the linebacker to that spot. They're recognizing and the the linebackers are coming in and hitting the running backs as they're catching the ball. And that's five yards behind the line of scrimmage, Nick. Yeah, I mean, you need to have a very mobile offensive line if you want to create yards after catch in the short pass game. And you also need to have some playmakers in the weaponry and the Broncos. I don't know, really have either uh, right now. We've talked about it before. The only guys who are pretty good movers on that offensive line are Bulls and Miners. The rest of the guys are a little bit more phone booth, smaller types. But uh, yeah, Russell Wilson's spray chart. That's uh, five yards attempt. attempt. Yeah, that's not that's not a winning formula uh, in the NFL. Anything under six and you're concerning a whole yard less is uh, not great. And only 177 yards. I do like to see the zero interception. It felt like none of them were also um, put in harm's way. I can't think of any that were like, oh, don't throw it. No, no, no. And then the defender like drops it or something. So he protected the football, which was good. But just the overall lack of explosives uh, in the game and the unbelievable peppering uh, at the line of scrimmage on both uh, sidelines is a Maybe that's going to be the trend. It still looks like the Russell Wilson spray chart of old. It's nothing crazy here. It's not like the middle of the field was getting targeted uh, much at all. So curious to see that that all said, I think Russell Wilson looked about as good as he looked at any point last season in this game. And uh, that's not a high bar, but he was efficient, protected the ball. And uh, you hope there'd be a little bit more explosives and credit to the Raiders. Open field tackling was good by them. They didn't allow a lot of leaky, leaky yards. Yeah, let me uh, keep that up there real quick. How many yards was it on how many completions? It was 27 completions, 177 yards? Yes. 177 divided by 24, 27, I'm sorry. Comes to 6.55 yards per completion. Last year, his yards per completion was 6.6. That was the first time in his career he'd ever been under 11. It was 6.56, 6.6 yesterday. So it was right in line with what it was last year as far as down the field playmaking goes. It's half of what his career low was. We talk about Russ falling off. That's not falling off. That's disappearing. That's that's not a decline. That's an off the cliff. Mm-hmm. So got to push the field down. You're, you're not going to be able to run the ball. You had some success running the ball. You're not going to be able to sustain that if you can't push the ball downfield. Just can't. And Jerry Judy is going to be a big part of making that and getting Mims more integrated in this in this game as he gets more experience is another reason to look forward. If I can get Mims up to speed, and it, it takes a while. There's studies on wide receiver. It's gotten better, but it's still not great. If I can get Mims up to speed, Judy back on the field, and Patrick out there, I'm feeling better about things. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, tough. And just talking long-term about this Broncos team, I mean, we're looking at this roster – all these areas that are possible value spots are big question marks uh, for the Broncos going forward. Uh, wide receiver, Cortland Sutton last year was contract. Tim Patrick, probably not back. Uh, Jerry Judy's coming up on a do or die uh, type of season. Wide receiver, the playmaking has not been there. 
uh, offensive tackle, Bulls' contract, and then cornerback. So the draft's setting up at least for the Broncos. You know, week one, we're already talking about the draft, but uh, setting up for value positions to be an area where the Broncos could target early, which is, I guess, a good thing um, from a team building philosophy. Uh, overall, though, uh, Wilson, an okay game, a pretty good game. I think he was the, I think, the eighth overall quarterback in terms of EPA per play in this game and or in in the NFL this week. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo was fourth. So there's a, here's your sign. But uh, overall, I'm not concerned about Russell Wilson coming out of this one. Would it have been nice to see him not go three and out on that drive when the Broncos had to come out and get some points and not give it immediately back to the Raiders who then iced the game? Yeah, that was that was probably the most upset I was at the offense of the whole game. Uh, but other than that, even though they only scored 16 points, um, it's something that uh, is going to be I think from an efficiency perspective, not that bad. And uh, string guy says, I thought bulls played well. And Gordon says, you're already talking about the draft. Sorry, Gordon actually stopped talking about the yeah, draft. It, it's all we got a first round pick this year for now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that to me for now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. We absolutely already talking about 2025 draft. Gordon, um, Conga, God, you're, you're driving me nuts, man. We get it. The Broncos were not a quarterback away. They suck. I, uh, sorry, man. Um, but, uh, the, any other thoughts on this game um, coming out uh, before we shift to injuries and what could that could mean for the Broncos? No, just, you know, I thought, sir, I'm disappointed for Broncos country. Um, the defense did enough to win the offense. I don't think did the defense wasn't great, but they got their stops. Um, when they, when the, when the Broncos got that uh, roughing the kicker penalty and drove down and had first and goal at the eight, a winning team puts the game away right there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where that was a failure. If we, we want to talk about offense, you want to talk about defense, you want to talk about special teams, first and goal at the eight for the win. That's the game for me. That's where it's got to get better. It's, it's, it's never just one thing. I feel like we all focus on, we all grab onto one. Oh, if Lutz had made this extra point, if he had made this kick, maybe, but you know, if, they had scored first and goal at the eight. If they had made a stop here, if they hadn't had a penalty, there's a zillion factors. Mm-hmm. But if I had to focus on one, winning teams put the game away first and goal at the eight when they got a chance to go up by two scores instead of kicking a field goal to go up by six points and opening the door for a loss with the karma of a missed extra point hanging over you. Mm-hmm. That was the big one for me, Nick. Yeah, they didn't get it done. I mean, gosh, even like the onside kick fail to start it's uh, what do you think about that onside kick y'all what it, i mean after it fails everybody's pissed but what do, what do you think about it try not to grade with hindsight i don't mind the aggressiveness coming out and doing that i think you only have a chance to really do that once or twice a season uh and now teams are going to be extra aware for that the one thing that i can't stand about it is that the defense let them down. I think you only do that if you trust that, hey, you know, the chances of getting this aren't great. We're going to be aggressive, but damn, we're going to put you in a tough position, but we need you to not give up a touchdown immediately after this. And what do they do? Raiders march down the field and score an easy touchdown after getting that onside kick penalty uh, stuff. So that's that's my biggest disappointment is that you are putting a lot of faith in your defense to not give up seven. Even giving up three there is like, okay, that's fine. Don't give up seven. And it was cutting a hot knife through butter uh, for that touchdown. I think of it as a statement of intent. As Jeremy says, if you go back and listen to it, as soon as the ball hits the turf and they're kicking it short, the crowd, y'all, if y'all are at the game, if anybody that was is in there, you know, we got a lot of people watching today. If you were in, if you were at that game, it was the, the TV started vibrating. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think there's any way in hell you do that on the road. No way. I don't care if you get the look you want. Sean Payton said, Hey, we, we scouted it. We saw a look. Just didn't execute it. It's tough to execute that, period. But the crowd went berserk. And when they lined up, even when they didn't get it, and it, it, they're lining up on defense, the crowd was so into the game. First game, you expect that, but you're never really sure. It was a statement of intent for me. So be it, man. I, I, I thought it was – I thought the crowd – and the, the, the reason why you do it is to get everybody into the game fired up. And as, like I said, the best way I can put it is it's a statement of intent that buckle up. We're, we're here to play. And I mean, I, I was, I liked it. I did. Yeah. I have no issue with it either. I mean, it looks bad in hindsight and you know, if you make the Raiders march the entire way down the field, maybe it's a different uh, outcome, but 
that said, again, you're putting it, you know, you're taking a risk there and you're putting your defense in a bad situation. You are pretty much saying to your defense, we're aggressive. We're going to attack and we need you to stop the other team. If this uh, doesn't work out and they didn't. Uh, and that was the case for most of the game. I know they only gave up 17 points, but on seven possessions with two of those being throwaway possessions. I mean, just that's, that's horrific. That would be the worst points per possession of any team in the NFL last year. Sample size. I know qualifiers. I know. Uh, but the defense, even though they gave up 17, did not get it done. Uh, plenty of blame to go around on that unit. Uh, yeah, it's just a, it's unfortunate to see the Broncos lose that. Uh, ben Bunce coming in. So I thought the onside kick was recovered. I was there and thought it was a start of a dominating win. Execution, mental errors. I mean, special teams, special teams. And when you lose games in the NFL, if you're losing special teams, it's going to be pretty damn hard to win. Uh, Ryan Thompson still think Peyton should have kept Azura uh, Evero because BJ didn't mix anything up and was just telegraphing the defense. Azura Evero was not going to be back unless you wanted Nathaniel Hackett back. Uh, yeah. Those were a package deal. Once you fired Hackett, Azura Evero even rebuffed, denied the chance to be interim head coach. It was offered to him first because it was an affront to his friend uh, Nathaniel Hackett, and uh, they did him dirty. Yeah, keeping so, Azura Evero wasn't up to the Denver Broncos. He was no. gone. Uh, yep. You didn't, I mean, contractually, you could have made him come to the building, but you couldn't have made him work. Um, that would have been ugly. So it was, that wasn't up up to y'all, Ryan. So I understand. Um, and, you know, they they lost yesterday too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Giro Evero's defense gave up 24 points to a guy who can't throw his way out of a wet paper bag, right? Media and, and Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons. So with more def- more arguably more talent on defense than the Broncos threw out there, at least especially in the front seven, Nick. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's tough. I, I don't know about telegraphing too. I mean, when you have a cornerback that's just getting picked on, I guess you could bracket him, but then you're, you talk about telegraphing and you playing bracket coverage every single time. I mean, we could talk about struggles too. I mean, thought Simmons had a pretty poor game overall. The uh, hula hoop tackle attempts are disheartening and tiring, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a tough loss. It's just one game. Uh, We'll see if the Broncos can bounce back. And it's a tough game next week. I mean, we talked about this is not a dominant Raiders defense uh, personnel-wise. You got a front seven coming in with the Washington Commanders that is littered with former first-round picks and a lot of talent there. So, I mean, Payne, uh, Allen, Chase Young, uh, Sweat, it just goes on and on. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Broncos respond next week and if they're able to move the ball against a more dominating, physically imposing front seven. Uh, Naj coming in saying this is the most disappointed I've been in the team since Manning's retirement home opener versus the Raiders pack stadium, new coach, et cetera. And you lose unacceptable six possessions on O and no three and outs. Uh, D really limited them. Yeah. Broncos got only the Broncos defense only forced one punt, uh, zero three and outs. And there you go. there's the, there's the stat, Nick. We talk about the defense. You only force one punt. Yeah. And uh, the Raiders kneeled on one of their possessions and just ran the clock out on another. I mean, it's just you didn't have a lot of opportunities um, and every single one you pretty much needed to score on. And when you didn't, there's the game. So, yeah, it was uh, definitely a disappointing one. And I think we're right there with you with the disappointment. But Naj, you know, give it a you know five days and we'll be excited and looking forward to uh, the next game against uh, the Washington Commanders. Yeah, Naj, appreciate you being here. You were here last night and um, appreciate you checking in and supporting Broncos for breakfast with, with me and Nick as well. Thank you, my friend. Look forward to uh, to seeing you soon. F.A., speaking of coming in, F.A. was a monster last night in the Super Chats and coming in uh, again today. We're going to go back-to-back on this because uh, Naj, has, or uh, F.A. has gone back-to-back. He says, good morning, guys. At the gym, we'll watch later. Uh, tough game yesterday, but I'm still very optimistic. We'll be fine. Uh, let's see how we respond next week. It's week one. Burrows look like crap. No need to panic. That's a whole other conversation that Nick and I are going to get into at some point during this week uh, through our various shows, about $100 million of quarterbacks on the field between the Browns and Bengals. And speaking of not being able to throw the ball out of a wet paper bag, maybe it's time to pay some of those running backs. Um, we'll be fine. I guess that depends on what you think fine is, F.A. You know, do you feel like this is a playoff team right now? Maybe. It's it doesn't feel that way. Mm-mm. Week one, I felt like this is a game that you should win, needed to win if you were going to win those ten. What would we say, ten and seven? Universally, we had chalked this up as a win. Okay, now you're down to nine and eight at best. And if you're not winning the one you're supposed to, it starts getting a little scary down uh, down the line here. Nick, do you remember the first half stats? I felt like of those 177 yards, 150 of them must have come in the first half for Russell Wilson. 
Uh, if you can find, if you know how to check that or remember, I'm going to read FA's second one. He said, we just didn't account for Jacoby Myers. That's the difference. We accounted for Adams, Renfro, and Jacobs. We'll learn from it. We don't show everything in week one. And, and credit to Josh McDaniels and the, the Raiders offense. I tweeted in the first half, I sent Nick a text. I'm like, if this was college, Jimmy Garof, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo, that's a different guy. Uh, Jimmy G would have been thrown out of the game for targeting. He's going after Mathis so much. Um, it was, we found a weakness. We're going to keep going until you adjust. Good for them. Mm-hmm. And it worked. It worked well enough to, to move the field because everybody else was pretty much stopped. Mathis needed some help. Um, is it a lack of, I don't have another safety that can help. I can't roll my coverage. A little bit of a pass rush certainly would have helped Amari Mathis, though some of those were quick passes. But it was, it was, that's what beat you. And again, hopefully Myers, or uh, Mathis, that was his worst game. And we've seen better from him. F.A., you're the man. Love you for it, dude. Appreciate you. Yeah, and uh, I do have the first half stats. And Scott, good call. The first half, uh, Russell Wilson was on fire. Uh, so a uh, tweet from uh, Zach Stevens um, saying, under the first half under Sean Payton, here's Russell Wilson's stats. He went 17 for 19, 125 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a 129.2 passer rating. Went downhill uh, from there in the second half. and. Uh, you know, that's, that's the game. Uh, it's unfortunately, there's a lot of things and it's a very, I mean, you showed the stats earlier of such small margins uh, in this game and the Broncos lost a few key metrics here and there. And that's the game. Yeah. That was 50 yards passing in the second half. Then back mm-hmm. of the napkin. That's, that's not good enough. No. Um, again, that's, you're losing a weapon in Greg Dulcich, but that was really the only difference in personnel. They made some adjustments and took away your horizontal passing game. Where are your adjustments? I, I got to get over the top somehow. I've got mm-hmm. to loosen up that. I, I can't throw the ball sideways against 11 men that are that are cramming the line of scrimmage. Can't do it. Yeah, and I just like I always like to think of this kind of, you know, not that the University of Iowa is conflated with offense, but uh, back in the day, you know, Hayden Fry, they actually had a pretty uh, explosive offense. And former Iowa offensive coordinator, Dom Patterson, who uh, still makes the rounds in uh, Iowa, media, Iowa media these days, uh, but he says, you can't uh, make big plays without trying to create big plays. And I felt like this game, the Broncos were not really hunting for that. They seemed a little bit content to, you know, pitter patter the way down the field. And if you have unbelievable yak weapons here and there, I mean, Scott, you know, this watching Bajan Robinson this week, you know, you can, those uh, short passes can, can lead to explosives, but who in the Broncos right now in the short area of the field, do you feel can become a, you know, punt returner type in the open field and create explosives? Maybe Johnson Williams, but like Will McLaughlin. That, that's about it, though. Would I be mean, your and, best bet without Jerry Judy out there. And that's talking about them coming out of the backfield, which is yeah. still limiting your options. Not a wide receiver or tight end. I mean, you want to talk about lack of yak. Adam Troutman had an okay game, but like, just you just need to do something or just run through them. The, the stiff arm the fall down. The Broncos tight end broke a tackle. I haven't seen it in two plus years. I don't want to whisper the name, but the somebody the Broncos just traded had done that a few times last season in small sample sizes. Um, but uh, might be missing it him out. Had to be real stage. small because he only had about four catches all year. Yeah, I was at that week one game. Um, but uh, Brandon Williams coming in with the star saying, "Do you think Moss can step up, win healthy, and take the number two corner spot in the next few weeks?" It's just so hard to say because he missed so much time with his hernia injury. Not only is he battling an uphill. Uh, battle but uh because he's a rookie uh but missing that much time too it just it's it's going to be hard for me to say that he's going to have a chance to take it now with how math is played maybe they're going to have no choice but to see what they have there in that position but i i have low expectations for moss at least until the second half of the season they didn't ir him or pup him though right no he should be back here pretty soon okay i mean that's encouraging because you think with that type of injury we start hearing, you know, four weeks. Okay, four could turn to eight in a hurry. Mm-hmm. But again, they're gonna they're gonna have to do something. Yeah. And again, my my thought is the immediate reaction will be Mathis plays better. That that's yeah. that's my immediate thought on that, Brandon. Um, but you 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 need Riley Moss to get healthy. That's why you you drafted him high. You, you needed some you help up for him. You gave up a future third round pick uh, to get him. So. We'll see. Kevin seven four ninety nine says thoughts on Wilson. I just came in from my perspective. Looked like he was efficient, but not too aggressive. O line still needs work, I guess. 
We talked about it. He was dynamic in the first half. Raiders adjusted. The Broncos did not as well. Uh, that three and out was not great. And uh, you want Jerry Judy back. It sounds like he was pretty close to being active in this game. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he was still inactive next week. But I think week three is uh, a fine target. Week three, week four for him and coming back and being healthy. You don't want to push those hamstring uh, injuries too much because it's about the marathon, not the sprint with those guys. And speaking of hamstrings, Greg Dulcich suffers a hamstring injury. Wouldn't be shocked at all if he ends up on the short-term IR. Maybe we'll see some more Nate Atkins out there or something. I don't know what the Broncos can do with that spot because they don't have uh, really weapons at the tight end spot now. Uh, Atkins looks okay. I guess we'll see. And uh, you also have, really unfortunately, Caden Stearns looked like he suffered a significant knee injury. Waiting on that one, it's possible. It could just be the PCL out there, but I think there's a good chance it could be ACL, MCL, PCL, and we'll see. Unfortunately, you can get a pretty good idea of those with a stability test. Um, if you've ever seen a stability test, um, they, they lay the guys on their back, they hold their calf parallel to the ground, and they start moving the, the knee around. And if it's moving while the leg is sitting still, you, you've lost some ligaments in there. So they, they've got a pretty good idea how severe that injury can be as far as the, the a ligament damage can go. Multiple ligaments, you can't tell for sure. It doesn't matter at that point. If you tear a ligament, your season's over. Yeah, and it depends on the grade as well and whatnot. But we'll get more information today with uh, MRI, I'm sure, on his knee. And uh, Dulcich being out too. I mean, the Broncos, we talk a lot about the trenches in here, rightfully so, because the Broncos have spent so much capital in the skill positions room. But now you're down so many skill position guys. It's pretty incredible. And you, we kept mentioning specifically you saying receivers on this team, including the tight ends and the running backs. And Dulcich was probably number two or number three in the pecking order uh, of this unit. And now he's going to be out for a bit as well. So it's, it is extremely unfortunate uh, how many injuries the Broncos are facing in the playmaker department and just makes everything that much harder. Yeah, I appreciate you, Kevin Seven, for that super chat. Um, Kevin comes and he says, I don't see Las Vegas keeping the wins up. At least the Chiefs and Chargers lost two. Top of the division is still open. Good vibes. Yeah, the 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 Raiders, I thought, looked better. This this wasn't necessarily an indictment on the Broncos. I think last year it was, okay, were the Raiders any good or the Broncos terrible? We got a pretty good idea about that. The, the Raiders swept the Broncos. The Raiders still weren't any good last year. The Raiders look better too, y'all. They they looked better on both sides of the ball than they did last year. So that is something doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go become they're going to win what six seven games again that they did last year. It was a pretty poor season for them, mm-hmm. but they I thought they looked better this year than the two games that they beat the Broncos in last year for whatever that's worth. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be. <sighs> going to be interesting to watch the division i think the chiefs and the chargers would still probably you know be the top but you know we're tied with them right now and the raiders at the top who every just as everyone predicted after week one mm-hmm. uh, the raiders standing alone in top of the afc west and if you guys have the nfl you know what is it rewind or you can rewatch the games uh, go check out that chargers dolphins game because what a barn burner that was man was so much fun mike mcdaniel had guys just running wide open i don't see brandon staley uh making it through uh, the year unless something changes because that defense looks terrible uh, for the Chargers. So yeah, there was almost ninety plays. You know, I think the Broncos and Raiders ran about fifty-five and fifty-eight, and mm-hmm. I think uh, there was fifty percent more. I, I I put I looked it up yesterday. Well, I can look it up again real quick. Um, you know, by comparison, I'm on the Eagles. Like I wanted to see if Albert O played. I think he was probably inactive yesterday. Um, I'm on the Eagles and Patriots total plays. They ran 61. The Patriots ran 78. So 20 more plays. How many possessions is that, Nick? That's at least three scoring drives worth of possessions. Yeah. Um, and then the the Dolphins yesterday, the Dolphins Chargers, they ran a total of 65 plays for the Dolphins to put up 36 points. I didn't realize they came back and won that game. Mm-hmm. Um and then 76 plays for the Chargers. So again, the efficiency metrics when you're talking about, well, the defense only gave up X amount of points. Yeah, but they didn't get them off the field. That's that's kind of big. Yeah. Yeah, they could not uh, could not get off the field. And uh, I think that's the big takeaway in this game for me was the sometimes the numbers can lie. And when you dig into them, you can get a little bit better idea. The And uh don't remember where I saw the tweet, but it was like, 
weird coming to this game. Broncos still lose 17 to 16, but it felt like the offense played better and the defense played worse despite the score. Why That's is that? Why? It's because the drives, the Bronco uh, is just how the game played out. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how the Broncos adjust. Uh, we do have to get on out of here though. I know it's only 46 minutes, but somebody has a, uh, somebody has a baby appointment uh, to get to here. Not Scott. <laughs> so uh, yep. Got to get going Not this here. Guy. Not that guy. So appreciate everybody coming in. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says there underneath, please subscribe to mile high huddle over on YouTube. Uh, like this show and share it on your social media platforms uh, everywhere. We really would appreciate that. Also, thank you to everybody coming in with the super chats today. Denver Luke came in, Casey Nickel, Grover, thank you so much, Naj, and F.A. coming in uh, with some big ones, 249.99s, Brandon Williams as well on Facebook, and uh, Kevin Seven with a 499. You guys killed it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sorry the show's a little bit shorter today, but, you know, life happens. We got things to do, so we'll be back again tomorrow morning as well to talk some more Broncos, maybe do some stock reports. Any final thoughts, Scott? No, um, US Dave wants to stick around a little bit. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get going on this one. We've been going almost two hours already this morning between different things. And Nick's got to go. I got to get some stuff done. Uh, but we'll be back tonight. Make sure you check in with the priest. See how you're feeling after the the 24 hour rule. And then we'll be back tomorrow morning. We'll start. We'll we'll dive into some more individual performances a little bit as we start. Then peeking forward to uh, the Commanders game. Yeah, should be. Exciting week, and uh, hopefully it'll be better vibes next week. And Kevin says here, good vibes, good vibes, good vibes. Thank you guys so much. Uh, make sure you, if you have anything in the show that you know questioned or want to dig us dig into deeper, hit us up on Twitter or the socials. And you know we're we love to talk ball. That's why we're here. So thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great week. Good Monday. And as always, choose compassion and kindness, and go Broncos. Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things Broncos. Morning, Broncos country. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.